0: I don't know about you, uh, but when I'm surrounded by people who are grateful and expressing gratitude, uh, it lifts my spirits, and it makes me, it it rubs off, and I'm so grateful for this time of year where we get to pause, uh, even culturally, and stop and reflect on the things that we're grateful for. I was with a group of our pastors this week, and someone had said, I don't know who it was, so I can't even give them credit for it, but they Uh, We're just talking about how gratitude and thankfulness is so much more than a day for those of us who know Jesus, and that it should be a lifestyle and and a heartbeat that uh, we experience day in, day out, 24-7, 365. And as Joel encouraged us this morning, that gospel-motivated thankfulness characterizes all of the Christian life. Uh, That should be true of us, most of all those of us who come to faith in Jesus and who have seen him as he really is and have experienced his goodness on our behalf and have have welcomed his salvation into our lives and and seen him at work and have enjoyed the presence of his Holy Spirit, we of all people should be grateful and full of thanksgiving. The question that we've been asking this morning and that uh, has been rolling around in my mind and one that we'll be asking each other is what are you thankful for? And I don't know about you, but for me, One of the things that comes to mind when people ask me that question are the standard things that are easy to be thankful for that anybody would be thankful for. You know, uh, the good stuff that happens in life. It's not challenging to be thankful for these types of things. You know, when the market's up, hey, that's great. I much prefer the market to be up than to be down. Or when the kids do everything that I want them to, to do with a good attitude the very first time we ask them to do it, of course I'm grateful for that. Who wouldn't be? Or when the sun is shining rather than the skies being gray and drizzling and cold. Of course, I'm grateful for that. And naturally, when the Buckeyes win. I mean, life is just better. (laughs) So what are we thankful for? And when I'm asked, generally I think of those things that anybody and everybody should be thankful for. But if gospel-motivated thankfulness characterizes all of the Christian life, that means there are times that the followers of Jesus experience things that they shouldn't be thankful for in terms of how the world would value and consider a response. Thankfulness should come in times and places and situations where nobody would expect it. Nobody in their right mind would be thankful for that. But a follower of Jesus can be. We're looking at the passage out of Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 to 7 in the balance of our time here this morning. And Paul refers to those situations as the anythings and the everythings of life. The stuff that nobody in their right mind would be thankful for. The stuff that is easy and natural to worry about. It's legitimate stuff at times. The tough stuff of life. And you know what I'm talking about. We've all faced it. Sometimes when the world is upside down, when it's not fair, when everything comes crashing in, I'm supposed to be thankful about that too? The things that make us worry and bring anxiety to our hearts. For me, it's easy to worry about things generally, uh, things that are unknown to me, things that are out of my control. It's easy to worry about the things and the people that matter most to me. Catch my drift, you know what I'm talking about? Maybe that's true for you too. But I can stand here today and specifically, things come to mind that that are easy for me to worry about as a man and as a dad and as a husband and as a pastor. It's easy to worry, that's a natural response. What is it for you? What is it that Bears down on you and holds you in a strangle grip. Keeps you up at night. Brings a general damper to life. Philippians 4, 6-7 talk about the anythings of life. The anythings and the everythings. And Paul, in these verses, invites us into a special kind of praise, a special kind of worship, a special kind of thanksgiving, the kind that no one in their right mind would offer, the kind that followers of Jesus can offer and should offer because gospel-motivated thankfulness characterizes all of the Christian life. And here's what he says in 4, 6, and 7. Paul says, do not be anxious about anything but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving present your requests to God and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus Paul tells us that when we are inclined to worry we should put on the brakes if you look into your outline today the first point is this whoa Paul says stop Whoa! Don't be anxious. Paul says, when you're inclined to anxiety, when you're inclined to worry, followers of Jesus, put on the brakes. Don't be anxious. Do not be anxious about anything, he says. It's not that we don't have genuine care or concern for the situations in our lives, but it's that we don't get knotted up in anxiety and worry and fear. Worry and fear betray a lack of trust. Even our secular studies and our secular culture would would tell us that worry is not a good thing. I read a recent study that 85% of the things that we worry about never come to fruition. And of the 15% of the things that do come to fruition, most of those are far worse than we ever feared or we find that they've actually built character and brought blessing into our life that we're grateful to have experienced the challenges that we were so concerned about. A quote from a gentleman named Michael, 500 years ago, said, my life has been filled with terrible misfortune, most of which never has happened. And that's the reality of worry. Well, that article continued on about how uh, the, the physical toll that worry and anxiety takes on the human body. And all of the physical ailments that, that can come as a result of being knotted up in worry and anxiety. It wreaks havoc on our health. And I read through that list, and I'm not going to read it to you today because all we would do would be worrying about all the things that would happen to us if we didn't stop worrying. It's awful stuff. But Paul isn't simply and merely into self-help here. He's got something completely different in mind because he's inviting us into a special kind of worship. He calls us not to be anxious because he knows the one for whom nothing is too difficult. And we can know him too. He knows that we can trust him, and he knows that our worry demonstrates a lack of trust in the one who is trustworthy, the one in whom nothing is too difficult, and Paul calls us to throw all of our anxieties on him. Cast your cares on him. He cares for you, Peter says, and since God is worthy as the object of our trust, Paul tells us that we can take to him the anythings of our lives no matter what they are if we come to him with our anythings he also wants us to go to him and our everythings and that's the second point but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving present your request to god go tell god about it whatever's on your heart whatever's on your mind go to him he wants to hear from us Not only is nothing too difficult for him, but nothing is too insignificant for him. What's on your heart? What's on your mind? What's weighing you down? God wants to hear from you in the everythings of life. He says, bring your petitions to me through prayer. Bring your requests. Be specific. Don't hold back. Let him know what's on your heart and what is important to you. But to do so, come with a heart of thanksgiving and praise come with a heart of thanksgiving and praise. While our anxiety demonstrates our trust that God, our lack of anxiety demonstrates that our trust is in a powerful God, our thanksgiving demonstrates that we know that we have a good God. It's recognizing that He's got this that I don't have control, I don't have capacity, it's out of my hands, it's out of my purview, but it is not too difficult for him. And it's not too insignificant for him. He's got it, he's got it. So Paul says the first thing when we're inclined to be full of anxiety and stress and worry is to stop, don't be anxious, nothing's too difficult for God second go and tell him about it nothing's too insignificant for him he is all powerful and he is all good he loves us and when we come to him with our trust and we come to him with thanksgiving we discover that we can know something that is unknowable that's the third point verse seven that we can know and enjoy God's peace And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. We can know. We can know the unknowable. It's the peace of God. As Joel talked about, having peace with God through the shed blood of Jesus, as followers of Jesus, as children of his, we can have the peace of God move in and take possession in our hearts. having control of everything on the inside. It's a mind-blowing peace. It's a peace that transcends the capacity of understanding. That's the kind of peace of God that can take residency up in our hearts as we come to Him with the things that matter most to us and we, we resist the temptation to be anxious and we tell Him about our needs with thanksgiving. With thanksgiving check this out pretty cool and the peace of god which transcends all understanding look what it does here it will guard your hearts and your minds in christ jesus the peace of god sets up sentinel by our hearts and our minds sets up a guard to protect us and to keep us secure in him protects our hearts the seed of our emotions protects our minds where our thoughts are formed. You know, a few verses earlier, Paul it challenges us to rejoice in the Lord always. You know, there are circumstances that aren't very exciting, that, that aren't necessarily ones that we would want to rejoice in, but he calls us to rejoice not necessarily in the circumstances, but in the Lord himself. And he is worthy of our rejoicing. When we see him as he is, we can rejoice in him in spite of our circumstances. And in verse 8, he talks about uh, where our minds should be set. He says, finally, brothers, think on these things, the things that are true, the things that are noble, the things that are right, the things that are pure, the things that are lovely and admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, fix your minds on these things. As we come to him with our thanksgiving, in places and situations where nobody in their right mind would give thanks, His peace that transcends all understanding moves in, sets up a guard in our hearts and our minds. so critical what we focus our thoughts on, isn't it? We have to guard our hearts and guard our minds, taking every thought captive and making it obedient to Christ. It's amazing how what we focus on becomes a reality to us, whether it's true or not. One of our kids this week, Jackson, he had, an, uh, physically he was injured or he had some pain, and uh, we, you try not to draw too much attention to those things, but a, a day or two into this, you know, being a good and concerned dad, I was like, hey Jackson, how's that feeling, is it, is it still hurting? And he, and he looked at me and he said something like this, well now that you made me think about it, it is. <laughs> we have to guard our hearts and we have to guard our minds and let them be focused on the things that are excellent and praiseworthy and true and admirable. Think on such things. You know, the peace of God, if we had ours, we we would exhaust them and could go till Thursday and beyond if we went around this room and we said, and shared testimonies of God's peace that many of you have experienced. I know life can be hard, and I know for some, even in this last week, in this last season of life, it has been upside down, topsy-turvy, and there is no reason, and there is no one in their right mind that would give thanks. But As children of God, we can entrust ourselves into the hands of the one who loves us, and we can lift a voice of praise, a special kind of thanks, a special kind of worship that the world does not understand. And we could speak for hours, and we could testify for hours of the peace of God that blows our minds. And I've experienced it, and I know you have. Many of you have, if your heart is in his hands. Most recently, last summer, I had the opportunity to experience the overwhelming peace of God as I watched my dad go through an open-heart surgery. I didn't know what the outcome would be. Many times we have good and positive outcomes, and thank God that he did, but in that moment... I knew the presence of God and I knew the peace of God. Regardless of what might happen or could happen, I knew that he was with me saying, I've got this. I'm with you. And we could raise a testimony of praise for hours from this room. I know. Because that's who he is. And when we draw near to him and we see him as he really is, and we recognize the living hope that we have in Jesus, the risen King of kings, everything comes into perspective. And so may we as the people of God be people who are overwhelmingly thankful regardless of the circumstances, even when uh, no one in their right mind would be thankful. By God's grace, let's be people marked by that special kind of thanks, that special kind of praise, that special kind of worship that belongs only to those Who have a living hope in Jesus Christ. You see, for the child of God, there is no place that the peace of God cannot go. There is no place that the peace of God cannot go for the child of God. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And as the children of God, we can come together and we can shout for joy to the Lord all the earth. We can worship the Lord with gladness and come before Him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is He who has made us and we are His. We are the people of His pasture, the sheep of His pasture, His people, And we can enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. We can give thanks to him and praise his name for the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Let's praise him. God in heaven, we come before you today and we wanna be people who are so captured by your goodness and your grace and your mercy. We wanna look full into your wonderful face so that we can offer you that special kind of praise, that special kind of thanks, when no one in their right mind would. We can. Because we know that you are good. And that your mercy continues to every generation, and it has not skipped ours. God, as we head out this afternoon and into our weeks, I pray that your spirit and your presence would would prick our hearts and call us to praise and call us to thanksgiving, trusting in you as the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and the one through whom we have a living hope. We praise you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.